Welcome to the British American Business Council Los Angeles podcast. The BABCLA is a vibrant organization and part of the largest transatlantic business network celebrated across the US and UK. Each episode, you'll hear enlightening interviews on timely subjects with British and American experts across industries. Well, it's three o'clock and that means it is time for another live BABC webinar event. What is this even called at this point, Jonathan? I'm not really sure. Fireside that chat. Fireside, fireside mid-afternoon chat with your chums, James Langridge, BABC president, Los Angeles, and our fellow Brit and friend, Jonathan Cowley, travel expert as Oof. well, might I just add. Welcome all of our attendees today. I'm so glad you all made it. And Jonathan, I'm delighted that you're here as well. I mean, honestly, I mean, what the heck is going on? I mean, what is going on with travel? There are so many different questions that we've got today. But, you know, as just someone who loves to travel, I have got no idea. I don't know. I don't even know what I need to do right now to go to leave the country. I don't even know if I can leave the country. What can you tell us? Give us a quick summary of what's been going on and where we are right now. How long have you got? So, yeah, I mean, the, the one thing that has happened as a result of this pandemic is a lack of consistency. So there's not one rule for anywhere you're going to, even within this country. I mean, you go from one state to another and you have different quarantine rules. One good example I use all the time is if people are coming into Nevada from out of state, you don't need to quarantine. You just need to uh, ensure that you abide by their rules and regulations of the casinos, hotels, etc. But unlike LA, where you're required to quarantine for 10 days on arrival, not the case in Nevada. You can hit the tables as soon as you arrive. So it's really a lack of consistency. And also, especially with the UK, is the changing regulations because countries one minute are on their list of prohibited countries and then the next day they're okay. So we've seen, for example, Portugal has popped in and out. Portugal was one minute, you know, a, a prohibited country, then they weren't. So it, it really is a lack of consistency. And as a travel management company, we found that's where we're now adding true value is it's not just about booking your flights. It's about actually being there to help you navigate this craziness because the rules and regulations are different for every country uh, they're different for well it's the same for everybody like going to the uk it doesn't matter if you're from the uk or the us but the key thing is is that it's changing it's actually moving forward since we last spoke james there's definitely been an improvement in the number of countries that are are adapting we've seen well, over that's the good last, to hear. yeah last few days one of the ones that really sticks in my mind is iceland Iceland is now, you know, they're taking the bull by the horns and saying, okay, we're going to say that if you've received a full vaccine and that you have you've had the vaccine and then had the two weeks or so afterwards for it to take full effect, we'll accept that as a reason for you to travel to Iceland. And we're not going to require you to come in and have a, a COVID-19 test or present a COVID-19 test. Do you think um, that's going to be more of the normal now, Jonathan? I mean, is that that's going to be a segue to opening up? Honestly, yes. I wish I'd put a bet on it. About eight months ago, I bet that Virgin Voyages would be the first cruise line 
to implement a, a mandate that you have to be vaccinated to cruise with them. Well, I got it half right because they weren't the first, but they only announced yesterday that if you want to cruise with them, you have to be fully vaccinated. And I think okay. that, yeah, if I was a betting man, I would bet that there's more and more countries, cruise lines that will mandate that if you have the vaccination, that's almost like your green light to enter the country. So yeah, we are seeing a number of the airlines are investing a lot of time and money in these electronic health passports because they know full well that eventually that's the road we're going to be going down. United uh, last year was testing a electronic passport whereby individuals would get a test at Heathrow. It would then be uploaded into this electronic passport. And then when they go to United, they would show it at check-in. It would then confirm that they were COVID-19 negative and they'd be allowed to board. Now, that was only for US citizens and green card holders, because obviously right now, the US does not allow you to fly direct from the UK to the US unless you are a green card holder or a US citizen. Now, there are a few other exceptions as well, but if you're on a regular ESTA or visa, being vaccinated or having a negative COVID-19 test is not sufficient to let you fly direct to the US. Right. I mean, so that's the big question. We have a lot of, obviously, with the British American Business Council, mm -hmm. a lot of Brits, a lot of Americans, a lot of different countries that we all love to travel to. What's the status right now? You can't get on a plane unless you have a business reason to fly from England to America. That's correct, right? Well, yeah, let's go back to the beginning. You cannot leave the UK unless you have a valid reason, unless you are a US citizen or you are a green card holder who lives in the US. But if you're a Brit living in the UK, right now you have to uh, provide proof that you have a valid reason to travel outside of the country. And so that's right. step one. I mean, you, you have to confirm that. Step two is if you're not a green card holder or a US citizen, you are not permitted to fly direct from London to Los Angeles, for example. So let, let's take an example, real-time example here. Someone's parents want to come visit the US because they haven't seen their grandkids for 18 months. Yep. Can't do it, right? It's just can't do it. Well, it's not a case that can't do it because we've actually been assisting, it's so interesting, over the last 12 months, parents. We've had uh, mothers who've traveled alone because their daughters are having a baby here in the US. And a number of them have actually flown via uh, predominantly Mexico. We've been flying people into Cancun, doing 14 full days in Cancun, and then entering the US from Cancun, because the rules are that as long as you can demonstrate you've been outside the UK or Schengen countries or China, Iran, Brazil, for at least 14 full days, then they will let you enter the country. So there is a way to get in. It's just you've got to spend 14 days outside of the UK in a country that the US doesn't deem as high risk. Got it. Well, there are worse places than Cancun, I guess, oh, to yes. spend two weeks, especially on that beach, which is beautiful there. Sure. Jonathan, let's take a pause for a second. We've got a, a lovely guest, many attendees today. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for listening in. You're listening to another live podcast event with the British American Business Council, mm -hmm. Los Angeles. As some of you know from previous events or just discovering today, you've got a question, please ask us. Q&A section at the bottom of the Zoom screen. Click on that. Write in your question, because we are absolutely delighted to answer anything. Jonathan, I've got a couple of questions for you here. We're just going to go through them. Oh. Uh, Catherine Tober. Catherine, we love you. It's so great that you're here. Catherine plans to go back to Scotland in August. What are her chances? 
And bonus point, she's had both vaccines. Okay, so at this stage with the UK, the vaccine doesn't give you any bonus points or any stars at this stage. You know, the feeling is that that will eventually play a key role, is that you've been fully vaccinated. As Catherine knows all too well, she knows my wife, Michelle, who's also a Scot. She's from Glasgow. She is not going to attempt to travel back to the UK because of uh, this time, because of these Scottish regulations. As we all know, England requires you when you enter the country, or, or maybe some of you don't know, but when you fly to the UK right now, you are required to, to quarantine for 10 days unless you take advantage of the UK programme known as the Test to Release programme. Uh, which gives you the ability to test while you're in quarantine. And if you have a negative result, uh, you can release early. But otherwise, you, you have to do the full 10 days. Now, Scotland has adopted a slightly different approach, which is it's much tougher. They want anybody flying in from anywhere overseas to quarantine in a um, facility for 10 days. So very similar to what Australia is doing, where Australia is only allowing people into the country, and that, that's currently only Australian citizens, they have to go into quarantine on arrival at a government-appointed facility and pay for it themselves. And that's what Scotland's doing right now. So, Catherine, I hope and pray that come August, that will no longer be the case. You know, we all know very well that the UK is doing a, a pretty good job with vaccinations. There was an announcement today by the NHS, which wasn't very encouraging about the fact that they're running out of vaccines at the moment. There's been a supply issue. But based on Boris Johnson's plans, I mean, we're, we're all waiting for this announcement in April regarding to how they see the country opening for travel. I know British Airways and Virgin Atlantic are watching April very, very closely. And the hope is that a number of these restrictions will be either removed or at least reduced. And I think a key part of that, again, is going to be those who've been vaccinated. So I'd say you're in a pretty good position, Catherine. I won't put money on it, but I'm pretty confident that you should, should be okay by August, I would hope. Uh, that's encouraging. I think people are hanging their hat on being able to travel in May, especially if something happens in April. <laughs> Let's face it, you know, lack of travel has affected commerce like you wouldn't believe. So I think, uh, I think the fact that I just here this week that uh, you can now dine indoors. I dined indoors at a restaurant for lunch today. With a client. Nice. I haven't done that forever. I have not done that at all. And it was a bizarre experience. But it was also fine. It was just like just like the good old days. And so hopefully, you know, that is boosting business. Travel, no doubt, will as well. So let's hope because there's a lot of people who want to travel. Maureen uh, McGrath, uh, this, you might have just answered this one as well, Jonathan. Is Portugal open to the USA? I don't think it is, is it? So Madeira. I think so. We, we've just, we're getting so much information flying in this week because there are a lot of changes. And Madeira has announced that they're going to recognise the vaccination as being a reason to enter the region. So it's definitely, I know Portugal also has come back off the UK list again as being a restricted country. So I think the longer term plan is that once the EU gets together uh, with all its member countries, they're going to actually come up with a common passport or vaccination passport which will allow people within the EU and it's hope you know that will include uh, the UK as well will then be able to travel within that region as long as they have that you know vaccination certificate but Madeira did make an announcement and I'm happy if she'd like to you know 
give me her email address, we can have a chat aside from this to give a bit more information about what's going on in Portugal. But you're going to find, I think, you know, as the weeks go by, more and more countries are going to adapt or adopt, should I say, the similar regulations to Iceland, Madeira, Belize. Belize also is recognizing a great destination. I mean, we, during happier times, have booked plenty of our customers or guests going through to Belize. They're now opening up as well for people who've had vaccinations. Jonathan, walk me through this. Let's say we want to go on a road trip to Mexico, down yes. to drive down to Ensenada, somewhere on the, on the road, we can do that. Do we have to quarantine? Do we have to have, what do we have to show to be able to come back into the country? So road trips are an interesting one because I'll be completely honest. I totally deal with just air. I mean, I'm flying people and I don't do the, the roadside. I know that it was originally, it was closed. The border was closed. I had friends who did it just before they closed the border and they they said that they had to wait nearly 12 hours to get back across the border from uh, wow. Mexico, from Tijuana back into San Diego. But we certainly, when it comes to flying people, I can tell yeah, you Yeah, so let's say you know, we fly. Let's say we fly to Punta Mita, somewhere like that, yep. down to Cancun. What's the, what are we seeing with, with that? Because Mexico is such a great destination for us here in California. And it, it really is. is a chance to have a little mini break. So tell us more about yeah. that. So Mexico is a great example because we're getting a lot of people coming back from the UK via Mexico. But on the flip side, we are getting a lot of people now choosing Mexico for a a mini break. And so if you're flying to Mexico, they do not have a quarantine regulation in Mexico. So when you arrive, you effectively are able to go and stay at your property. And the only thing you're required to do, they do have a, a risk assessment that they require you to complete which basically is reviewing, do you have any symptoms, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and that you'll then hand in uh, on arrival into Cancun or Mexico City, wherever you're going. The uh, return obviously is a different story because re-entering the US, you are required to have a COVID-19 test. And that has to be within 72 hours of your return flight. And the airlines are very strict. They will not let you travel unless you've got that certificate. And then the other thing you've got to think about also is on arrival back into the relevant state. So if you're coming back into L.A., you then have to go online and complete the uh, Los Angeles traveler form, which is basically acknowledgement that when you come back to L.A., you will quarantine for 10 days. And the U.K. is truly policing it. You know, people are getting called out if they're not in quarantine. Obviously, they can't police everybody, but certainly people who've broken the rules have been challenged and some people have been fined. But LA, it's simply you complete this form acknowledging that you're required to do 10 days quarantine on your return back to LA. That's great, Jonathan. Thank you for that. Uh, Joe is our Joe Lichtenstein. Joe, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Jonathan, is Spain the same as Portugal? Is that in the same? Just a quick fire question for you. In relation to, yes. Travelling there, Madrid, Spain, obviously. Yeah, at the the moment, same restrictions. I mean, the majority of Europe, that is the case. Again, there's there's no general rule. I mean, you know, France, Germany, different rules there. So again, it depends also. I mean, if you have a family member who's in that country, then that, that changes the story as well. So, but if anybody has any questions related to their own individual travel requirements just give me a call You'll, i'll give you the number and yeah please tell it can you just share your phone number jonathan please share your phone number and email now to everyone who's listening because we're getting a lot of great questions here Fabulous. and i don't want to miss them 
Okay, so my phone number is 310-854-6000. 310-854-6000. And then my email address, very easy. It's Jonathan, that's with an A. So J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N at Corniche, C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E dot com. Jonathan at Corniche dot com. Thanks, Jonathan. Guys, everyone's asking some great questions. I'm going to try my hardest to get to all of them. But just taking a quick break from that. Jonathan, yeah. you know, as the travel industry starts to emerge from this, I got to believe we're going to see some unbelievable offers to travel. You know, maybe they'll be a little off the beaten path. Are you seeing, are there any murmurs of that kind of stuff coming yet? Or is it just going to be, we've got to make money so everything's going to be super expensive? You know, are there going to be some quick win deals? What do you think we're going to see if you're not seeing anything currently? Well, we have to remember that the, the airlines, the hotels, they have to make money. You know, you'll be able to operate. They have to make some sort of profit. So they can't give it away. However, right now, because the UK carriers, for example, we just did a ticket for a family going back to London on Virgin Atlantic. And it was, it was about $2,300 round trip per adult in business class from LA to London. That's and pretty that's good. Incredible price. We basically looked through the number of seats that have been assigned. We worked out that there's about eight passengers currently booked on that flight. One of the things I would say is, you know, you probably all heard that over spring break, it was one of the busiest travel periods since COVID-19 kicked off. And domestic flights are busy. A lot of domestic flights are busy. You know, one of my colleagues, Chris, who's actually on this call as well, he has traveled. He has family in Florida and he, he said the flights have been busy. And so airlines, you know, manage their pricing based on demand. And it's a case of if you book early enough, you get the lowest prices. And I don't think that's going to change. You know, the price, it's all about booking as early as you can. Um, as you get closer to departure date, the flights are busier. So the airlines charge you more. But yeah. We're definitely seeing some, you know, some fabulous deals. And that's, again, the beauty of coming and using myself or my team at Cornish Travel, because we have access to programs with multiple suppliers. So we don't align ourselves with just one airline or one hotel. You tell us what you're looking for and we will find you options within that price range or if you have specific properties you're looking for. But certainly, yes, there's some great deals. And when you work through a travel management company, we're affiliated with an organization called Signature Travel. And as a result, we get a lot of extra benefits. You know, for example, you get in-room credits, early check-in, late checkouts, upgrades, room upgrades. It's not guaranteed, but they're, they're, you know, on request. But right now, with capacity being as it is, if you are getting a request for an upgrade, you're getting that upgrade. So there's a lot of value add out there. You know, a lot of the suppliers, hotels, cruise lines are offering a lot of incentives, onboard credits with cruise lines. And then also, you've got to remember, is the flexibility, James. The airlines are being incredibly flexible right now. I mean, if you go on British Airways or Virgin, they will allow you to make changes for free, which is a thing of the past. That's um, unheard of, right? That's great. Yeah, uh, you have to be careful, though. There are a couple of airlines, I won't name and shame anybody, but there are a few airlines that aren't as flexible as everybody else. But certainly majority of carriers are that way. And cruise lines, majority of cruise lines will allow you to cancel up to 48 hours before you depart um, if you change Isn't your it mind. It's such a shame what's happened to the cruise industry. They were having their best year ever mm -hmm. coming into this. 
Do we see them recovering, Jonathan? I think so. I really do. I think that it is a shame that they've had to continue cancelling because we obviously we work with all of the major cruise companies and we're getting updates from them frequently and they've had to keep this rolling cancellation. But, you know, as a good indication is what Royal Caribbean has done in Israel. They've started these cruises in Israel because Israel has done such a phenomenal job with the vaccinations. And so now they're doing what they call vaccine cruises. So they're people who have been vaccinated and there is huge demand because people feel safe. Uh, They know all the crew are vaccinated. They know all their fellow passengers are vaccinated. So this is kind of for them, I think, a bit of a trial. They've started doing that. And I know back in the UK, P&O cruises are starting the same. They're starting to do cruises again uh, because they're able to offer this assurance to passengers that everybody will be vaccinated on board. Gosh, let's hope it's just hope, obviously, where everyone's got to remain safe. And obviously, the BABC has some great um, events lined up in person for later this year, more to follow. But we just want everyone to be safe and comfortable, obviously. Uh, Raj, you asked a question earlier. I'm sorry I didn't get to you yet, but I'm asking two quick questions from Raj for you, Jonathan. Raj is a fully vaccinated and traveling to London. Does that person still have to take a COVID-19 test prior to traveling and to show a negative COVID-19 result? I mean, that's a great question, actually. What do we know on that? Yeah, so currently, I mean, it also depends on what, what stage you are at, because a lot of countries who are recognising if you've, A, had COVID-19 and have recovered from it, they're recognising that after a certain period of time. So it's not a general answer, but the, the current regulations do require that all customers present negative COVID-19 tests before boarding an aircraft to the United Kingdom. And Raj, again, you've got my phone number, hopefully, and, and email address. By all means, give me a shout after this and we can have a, a proper conversation about that. Again, as I say, I think that will change, but I, I don't think anything is going to change until the UK government has had their review meeting in April. One thing I can say, which I think is a real positive, is that British Airways is definitely ramping up. They're actually now telling their employees who are furloughed in a number of stations to get back in May, because I think in preparation for the announcement from the Prime Minister, it looks like that June is kind of the magic month, as it's been called. And as we all know, that our president has deemed that July 4th is probably going to be our magic day. So it kind of looks like the June-July period is going to be, we're hoping, something that will mean we see some sort of return to a new norm, not normal, but a new normal. So hopefully we won't have to go through these tests anymore, but we'll see. Thanks, Jonathan. Um, it's some really great questions here. I just want to make sure we get through all of them. But just a follow-on quick one from Raj. As his second question was, he's flying out to London in July in Club World on BA. And part of the perks of flying in the nicest seat is you get the lounges. Are they open? Are they reopening? Are they open? What's happening there? So that's, uh, there's two answers to that. So Los Angeles, no. Qantas actually manages the lounge for British Airways and all the One World carriers at Tom Bradley. And Qantas have not reopened the lounge primarily because they're not here. And they've announced that they're not coming back until the end of October. So it's highly likely you won't have a lounge out of Los Angeles. There is an option, though, because American Airlines is a partner of VA. So they have a lounge in Terminal 4. And actually, Terminal 4 is connected to Tom Bradley. So there is an option 
for the American Airlines Lounge. So again, Raj, give me a call and we can have a chat about that. Heathrow, different story. Heathrow has reopened their lounges. So you will have access to a British Airways lounge at Terminal 5. That's great, Jonathan. Thank you. And Raj, thank you for your question. And everyone who was here before, in a minute, Jonathan is going to reconfirm his number so you can reach out to him. Such great questions. Let's just knock out a few more of them because I want to make sure we get to everyone. Bethan, another fellow board member, so glad you're here today. Welcome. And a great question. Jonathan, we saw some wonderful airlines flying back and forth to London with some amazing deals, Norwegian, for example, and Air New Zealand kind of operated an empty leg to London from here at one point, but that's now stopped. And Norwegian Air, I believe, is now gone. Are we going to see a rise in budget airlines again doing the LAX to London? I remember there was one point where you could fly to Iceland and then London. Are we going to see anything like that again? What do you think? Well, sadly, Norwegian has made it very clear they have no intentions to start operating again to the U.S., They've started selling their 787s, so they do not have the facility to operate here anymore, which is very sad because they definitely shook the market up. You know, they were the one airline that offered reasonably priced one-way tickets. Most airlines you fly on, one-way tickets are more than a round-trip ticket, but Norwegian said, no, it's going to be half of a round-trip, which, you know, logically makes sense. So I think that we're not going to see Norwegian. Iceland Air, they do have aspirations to return, especially with this recent announcement that they're now allowing people to fly to Reykjavik if they've been vaccinated. So I I do see that that will return. You'll still have that option of flying via um, Reykjavik on Iceland Air. Aer Lingus used to be a great option as well. Aer Lingus used to operate LA to Dublin and then Dublin through to London, and they offered some great prices. But I think you've also got to remember is that the mainline carriers have introduced also some very aggressive pricing, what they call basic economy fares. And those were brought in primarily to fight with the low cost carriers. So these basic fares there, if you've got fixed dates of travel, they were a lower price, but it didn't give you the flexibility of getting a checked bag. You had to pay for a checked bag, et cetera. So I think that, you know, initially, I think BA and Virgin are probably going to be the main carriers on the route. United used to operate, and having spoken to United, they'd like to see LA London back again. But a new entrant on the market, not from LA, but from JFK that we are anticipating this year, is JetBlue. JetBlue have basically said that their plan is to operate flights from JFK and Boston to Heathrow and one other UK airport. And, you know, they have a a different model to BA and American and and the like. So I think that would be interesting. That's one we're watching really, really closely. But but yeah, check out those economy fares and we're we're happy to help you look through those. No, that's great. Thank you for that, Jonathan. We've got a lot more questions here and I'm just trying to um, kind of go through some of it. I did have a question that came in before the meeting. What about Dubai, United Arab Emirates, those countries? Are we able to travel there? Can they travel to us? Can they travel to Europe? What are we seeing with that part of the world? Yeah, I saw a question, I think, earlier about the UK. I mean, yeah. the UK, again, that, that's a moving feast. The UK, they're judging whether a country is deemed high risk or not based on the R rate, etc. So currently, Dubai or, or Abu Dhabi, the United Arab Emirates, are not on the restricted list for the US. So coming and going, coming here is not an issue. Obviously, 
you then have to abide by the United Arab Emirates regulations for re-entering the country. But I think that I'm not certain of the current rules with regards to the UK, but by the sounds of it, they're still on the restricted list. And all I would say to that is, you know, the UK are bringing countries off that list as we speak. So I'd just say watch the space for that. All right, cool. If everyone's okay, I'm going to continue with some of the questions because I I think, Jonathan, it looks like we really needed this meeting. Right, we have a lot of questions here, and it's great, and I love it, and I I, I feel like we're being of service. We're being of service. So let's try and get through these before we run out of time. Ron Askew, you you answered this, but let's just recap real quickly on this one. I understand this was reviewed, but what is your best estimate when travel from the US to the UK will resume? I'm saying May. You're saying what, Jonathan? My money's on June because I think that you know June it um, is. I'm saying May, we're saying June, somewhere in the middle. Good luck. I mean, okay. you can go to the UK now. That's the bottom line. You can, but you've got to quarantine. So, Gotcha. Okay. We have an anonymous attendee. That's always interesting. Is there any indication of how different countries will verify vaccinations? That's a good question. We don't really know. What do you think, Jonathan? We don't. And I think that's a lot of the airlines are now working with different passport electronic passport companies that can, you know, include information about COVID-19 vaccines, yellow fever vaccines, et cetera, that are required. And I think that that will be the way forward. The biggest issue or question that we've always had as travel professionals is, well, if American Airlines is using one passport and United is using a different one, and you, how are you going to communicate that between different airlines? So I think there needs to be a common strategy here. And I know there will be. I mean, there's no two ways about it because people don't just fly on one airline. But I think it will be electronic. I've seen a lot of friends who had vaccines and they've got their app with CVS or they've got their app with with another supplier. And it says in there your age when you had your first vaccine shot and when you had your second. So there are already apps out there from the pharmacies stating that you've had it. But right. I think at the moment it's a little early, but IATA is very much involved with trying to come up with some sort of common plan. Well, here's, um, another, here's another good follow-on question to that. Is it, what website do you recommend for travellers to view to see the most updated entry slash exit requirements for all countries? Or better yet, Jonathan, maybe people should just call you because you guys and your team... Yeah. really do know what you're talking about. And where, where is it you work again? Can you give us your, your phone number and email address just for everyone listening? Sure, it's 310-854-6000. 310-854-6000. And my email is jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N, at corniche, C-O-R-N-I-C-H-E dot com. What I would say is, I think James hit the nail on the head. There's so much information out there. And one of the things that our team does, and we do have a team behind me. It's not just me, I can assure you. We've got a lot of great people at Cornish Travel. And they are interpreting the regulations. And that is a big part of it. Because if you go on to IATA's website and see the rules for the United States or the UK, you need a degree in something. You need a degree in order to be able to understand it. So There are multiple sites. Airlines provide guides. British Airways, American have it on their own websites. But again, it's raw data. So it's difficult to interpret. I mean, I myself have to sometimes read it multiple times to actually understand what it's saying. The other thing I just wanted to mention now, James, I think is a critical part is there is an exception to the rules. 
which is this national interest exception. And that's something that we at Cornish Traveller have been focusing on. And we've actually been assisting a large volume of travellers originating in the UK. Now, admittedly, most of them have been for business reasons. So we've been assisting a number of UK production companies with getting into the US directly because the Department of State does provide the option for people to apply to be allowed to fly direct from London to LA. But you have to prove categorically that you are, by you flying here, it's going to have a positive economic and or employment impact on the US. So there is an option to get a national interest exception. We've helped, I can't even tell you how many people, it's well over 70 now with getting these waivers. So if anybody wants to talk to me about that, I'm currently working with six people putting together their waivers. But if anybody else is interested in just discussing whether it might be an option, give me a call. Thanks, Jonathan. Wonderful answers, by the way. Thanks for giving up your time today to do this. I think this is Lynn, Lynn McGlory. Lynn, how are you? I think you answered this. But do you agree leaving the UK to return to America as a green card holder is fine? Returning okay. to your country of residence, yeah, it's not listed as a permitted reason for outbound travel, but I assume it is. So it sounds like it's okay. You're a permanent resident of the United States. There you go. Fantastic. Okay. All right. I like that. It's a good one. Maureen has asked some questions. So Aer Lingus, can we fly on those guys? I think we can. I think my buddy's just flown from, they fly from New York to Ireland. Do they fly out of LAX? I'm not sure. They don't right now. They did, and they intend to come back. But at this stage now, they don't fly to LA. Again, as I say, the issue is you've got to take into account what the transit countries COVID-19 testing requirements are. So we've had a number of people going LA to Paris to the UK. And of course, you know, you've got to abide by the regulations for that country. Some of them transiting is fine. Like for example, Canada, if you transit Canada, so if you're going LA, Toronto to London, as long as you transit within 24 hours and you don't leave the airport, then that's fine. But some countries, even though you're transiting, require a test. So again, if you have that question, let me know and we'll be happy to answer that for you. But Thank Aer Lingus, you, yeah, you can fly them right now from New York. Here's an initial question from Maureen as well. So Maureen's from Glasgow, Scotland. Wonderful to have you here. She's planning a business trip to Portugal. Thanks for answering that, those questions. But having dual citizenship and can travel from USA passport and UK passport. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is a good question. Is there a way around it? If we have dual nationality, dual citizenship, and both passports, yes. is there a way around this to make shorten the time frame? What's your thoughts? There isn't. I mean, the key thing is where are you originating? You're originating from the US. If one of the European countries restricts entry from the US, it doesn't matter if you hold a UK passport because you didn't originate in the UK, you originated in the US. So that's the critical part. Citizenship does not currently give you any sort of waiver because I, that's just how it is. I mean, I'm the same position. Unfortunately, no, it doesn't give you any benefit having dual citizenship. It does coming back, obviously, because if you have a US passport or green card, you can obviously fly direct back to the US. Okay, that sounds good. Gosh, we've covered a lot of ground here today, Jonathan. You've done a lot of talking, but you've provided so much information. I want to thank you for that. And we're coming to the end of the time here, but I think we've yeah. answered almost everything that people could ask, which is amazing. You know, I, am, I want to travel. I love traveling. I know I'm not the only person who feels that way as well. 
We mm. want to do it safely, though. Jonathan, is it forever changed the travel industry? Is it always going to be different now, or is it just going to be? I am not saying new normal. I am not saying that term because I, so. I don't okay. like it. But you can say whatever you want, by the way. But is this it? Is this how, is how is it going to be? Is this it? I don't know. Well, we sadly remember 9-11, and 9-11, a lot changed. We, we used to be able to take our family to the gate. Remember that, where you could take somebody to the gate and wave them goodbye as they went down the jet bridge? Well, that changed. We all had to go through metal detectors and have our bags put through an x-ray machine. It's now common practice. I mean, we, none of us challenge it and say, well, that's ridiculous. I think we're going to definitely see some changes that will be here to stay. And I think that one of my colleagues who I, I work with at Cornish Travel, we were talking about when we fly, will we still wear masks, even when we've been vaccinated? Me personally, knowing what's going on now, we're all a lot more educated when it comes to transmission of diseases, etc. I see a reason to wear a mask when I'm traveling. I haven't had flu this year and I normally get flu each year. And I wonder if it's got anything to do with because I'm wearing a mask all the time. Um, and plus seeing nobody else outside of my family. But I think that it definitely is going to change. I mean, one, one of the things that's really interested us is we are seeing a good volume of people booking safaris. We have mm. a dedicated division, Anastasia's Africa, which is named after our CEO, Anastasia, who I think is on the call. Hello, Anastasia. And we've had a number of bookings. Uh, we had some over Christmas. We've had some in the new year. We've had some now later in this year for people going to Africa on safaris. If you think about it, they're outside. It's not mass tourism. You're not staying in a large hotel. Uh, the thing that is changing is people are looking at the issue with multiple countries requiring different COVID-19 testing or uh, quarantine requirements. So maybe what we're going to see is a shift in people doing a trip to say Australia versus doing Australia and New Zealand, or maybe they'll do South Africa and Botswana rather than doing Kenya, South Africa, Botswana, and Namibia, because right now those restrictions. But I think some of it will stay. I think that there will be the electronic passport to show that you've had vaccinations will be here for the foreseeable future once it's introduced. And I don't think that will change in the short term. All right. Well, listen, Jonathan, thank you for everything. I'm going to have to wrap us up here, but just a quick announcement for everyone who's still listening and who's listening after the fact. We do have some exciting news coming up with Virgin Atlantic. We are going to be having a live webinar event with them in April. More news to follow. And yes, we are teasing the idea of an in-person event, everybody, but we are not going to say just yet because we want everyone to feel safe and comfortable about it. Jonathan, one last question from me to you. Where is the first place you're going to travel with your family when it's safe to do so? So we had planned a trip right in the middle. Well, actually, it was in February. We were going to go to Paris. So my son wants to visit the Eiffel Tower. I promised him we'll do it. So I think it's going to be Paris. It's not even going to be the UK. It's going to be Paris. So what about Fantastic. you, James? Where are you going? Thank you for asking. I would love to go. I'm a massive fan of the Bahamas this time of year. I'd love to be there right now. I really, really would. But you know what? You can't beat a bit of pasta and pizza in Italy. That is, I think, where we'd I'll, really like to go. I can't argue with that one for sure. Well, you know where I am. We'll be happy to help you out. <laughs> well, everyone who's listening today, thank you so much for tuning in. Jonathan, I think we need to do this again sooner rather than later. 
What do you we, think? We will do. We will, especially with the announcement the UK is making in April. So I think we'll need to position it just after that to give everybody an update. Fantastic. Thanks, everybody, for listening. You've been listening to another live event with the British American Business Council Los Angeles. My name is James Langridge. My esteemed guest, Jonathan Cowley. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you soon. Thank you for listening. Please like and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or your favourite platform. Your likes and reviews really do help us reach new listeners.